As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at The Athletic. I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves left-handed believing extraordinaire. What's happening, Eric? What's up, Dave? Man, they could use you in a the postseason. They need a third lefty. Things haven't worked out with the lefties the way they had hoped in that pen. It's so funny when people say that, though, and it's like, not, not this guy. They could use me maybe 10 years ago, but not the guy that's sitting here right now. I got nothing left. It hurts to throw wiffle balls to my son. Lefties are going to be uh, – Dero, Dero documented this well the other day. Lefties uh, could be the thing for the Marlins against the Phillies that really helps neutralize them. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. Don't look past the, the Marlins. Everybody assumes the Braves are going to get the Phillies if the Braves advance, of course. Or, or, well, they're going to advance to face that, that winner at least because they don't have to play. But everybody thinks they're going to face the Phillies and uh, you know, have a chance to – get some redemption for last year, but the Marlins are no pushovers as we've seen. I mean, there's a reason they are there and they got, they did really well at the trade deadline. The yeah. guys they brought in have really helped out, especially Berger, man. Oh, that dude mashes. Yeah. Reminds me of Billy yeah. Butler. Yeah. They got some guys that can mash. So they're obviously, uh, they, they're, uh, they're, and the pitching's pretty solid. Yeah, they're not they're not a pushover. Nobody, you know, there's this these wild card series, the first four uh games start today. These series could really go any way. And they yeah. uh there's not a you know, it, you think the teams that are at home have an obvious advantage. They play all three games there. But nevertheless, the home field advantage is not overwhelming like it is say, you know, in college basketball or something, you know. Um it's going to be loud wherever they play, and and uh, and all these teams have proven they can play on the road. So it's going yeah, to. Be I think the only the only advantage I think of is having been there before. Whether you're home or right. road, I think the only advantage that you is a clear cut advantage is the teams that have played in the postseason before and know how to manage their emotions. Because, like for me personally, that I pitched in that wild card game in 2012, I'd had a great year. It might as well have been my major league debut because I had a level of adrenaline and excitement that. I hadn't had to channel since like my first year in the big leagues. So the teams that have been here, like the yeah. Braves, I yeah. think that's the main advantage I look at. 
Yeah, and then obviously the advantage some teams have over others because of injuries. I mean, there's so right. many teams that are affected by injuries. Today, for instance, man, how would you like to be a Brewers fan, wake up today and learn that Brandon Woodruff is out for the first, at least the first round and maybe for the postseason? That I was there. That. Brandon Woodruff's got a shoulder thing, capsular thing, basically what, what sideline Kyle Wright for most of the year. So he's out definitely for the first round and iffy for the rest of it. They're going to get a second opinion. But that was their one real advantage. They, they had three starters, you know, that have pitched well down the stretch. So you take him out of the mix and all of a sudden they're very vulnerable as well. So, um, you know, every team, but like the Dodgers, for instance, the Dodgers are, are so much like the Braves that they have a really great lineup. Not as good as the yeah. Braves lineup but a really strong one with two of the MVP candidates in Mookie and Freddie, uh, who are so postseason experienced and have been such that huge guys and big moments. But they, and their bullpen is really good. But look at their rotation, man. They have held that thing together with duct tape and bailing wire for yeah. a while now. Kershaw's a stud, but Kershaw's only going like five innings now. I mean, yeah. he's not nearly the Kershaw that he was. He's not going to pitch into the seventh inning of a playoff nope. game. So they're going to have to lean hard on those on those relievers, and he's the best of their starters. They got so many guys hurt. Now Bobby yeah. Miller's really good, obviously. He's, he's really good. good. Yeah. yeah, losing the lefty hurts. Um, I like it's it's kind of the same same situation as the Braves, though, where you're almost just banking that if we can just get a realistic number of runs, you know, like if we could just give up four. Yeah, we got about an eighty-five percent chance of winning because I don't know if there's a, a yeah. pitching staff in baseball that's going to continually just contain the Dodgers or the Braves, and and especially the Braves. I mean, they've proven all year they can hit good pitching, Anybody. bad pitching. They can. This is a historically good offense, and that bodes well. Obviously, uh, they just they really need to get something out of their two key guys, their key, two key starters in that division series. Cause you don't know what you're going to get in game three. You don't even know yet if Bryce Elder, I assume is going to get it, but they could go, they could feel more comfortable with a bullpen game or in effect, make it a bullpen game by telling elder or, or you don't have to tell him, but by going in with, with the uh, plan of, of giving elder the hook as soon as he, you know, walks a couple of guys. Cause he's had some of those innings that will just sink you in a playoff game where he walks three guys, you know? So, they have to be ready in game three. That's why they need one and two to go deep, not tax the bullpen exactly. so much. Yep. That that's where that's where those starts matter even more than the actual game result itself. I mean, obviously you want to win those, but when you get to game three, if your bullpen's already cooked and you get a bad start, yeah. The game could out of, get out of hand in a hurry. It's nice you're gonna have a a huge for the Braves, especially that you're gonna have a rest day after game one. You're gonna have a rest mm -hmm. day after game two for travel. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's big right there. Your bullpen, you can use all your guys, and they're going to have a rest day. They're not going to go back-to-back -back in those first few games. Which, and ideally for me, it's too bad that that one-out rule exists. Because ideally for me, I'd be trying to find a way to get my big dogs in with that much yeah. time off. I wouldn't want them to pitch in game one and then have three days off. Right, right. And then throw a big moment. You know, even, even being fresh, I, I like them being sharp. Mentor hates days off. I did too. Or any other time. He likes – he just hates days off. And he said that – he said last year that was – it was horrible having that whole five, five, six days before the division series. So he really likes the idea of these games they're going to play. They're starting uh, – yeah. you guys probably know – everybody knows by now, but the Braves are playing three inter-squad games 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Instead of like last year where it was more like live ABs, that kind of thing, but they didn't really have games. They're playing games and they're letting fans in free at Truist Park. So they should have a pretty good turnout with free parking and free admission. Anybody that's able to get away from work and a lot of people, if they're not in school or whatever, they're going to have a lot of fans there. There's no doubt. They can, people can hang out of the battery and walk over there at 430 game. And uh, Max Fried is pitching today. So we'll be watching that closely, you know, just to see. Uh, I, I'm assuming he'll be fine. He's, you know, he had the blister. That was what, 10 days ago. Or he should, he, you know, the, the thing hasn't been a problem coming back from it. It's only when he gets deep into the game sometimes and the friction where, where over, you know, course of innings that it crops back up. But they obviously wouldn't let that happen in this game. They're going to get him out of there before even something happens. But that will also be a bad sign if he's out after like three innings today. So, yeah, that's important. Uh, obviously very important. This close to the division series. Uh, he'll be starting game one or two. They haven't said yet. I would anticipate game two because it gives him two more days of rest. Just makes more sense to me. But we'll see. And, and with and with Strider's success against the Phillies, I know Freed's the ace. There's no doubt about that. But Strider's success against the Phillies is mind-boggling, with the exception of yeah. when he pitched against him hurt in the division series last year. But he, otherwise, he's dominated the Phillies. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I think we talked about it last week, but I wouldn't be afraid to use either guy. Um, yeah. And if it, honestly, if Max comes out today and he's like, there's no blister issues at all, goes five, feels good. Why not? I mean, I, I, I just think that one, he's earned it to start game one and two, setting the tone. But Strider said the success he's had. Either way, if you if you get a dominant start game one, I think it really sends a message to the Phillies and puts them in a hole. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, Strider coming at him in game one. I know that. I know that they would not be happy with that. No, no, well, and, it, it, and then you lose to Strider, and you know you got Max Free game two. That's not a good feeling either. And there, the Phillies, on the other hand, are going to have to ride so heavily on Wheeler and Nola, like they did last year. And Nola has not been the same guy this year as he was last year. Still, in any given game, he can be great. He has been against the Braves a couple times, but he's not been the same guy. Just look at his numbers. Wheeler's a stud. He's a horse. But they have to get so much out of one, two, those starters. And they're going to need them in the wild card series. So yeah. obviously be able to come back in the division series, but not for game one. Um, no. So that's big for the Braves. That's why they have to, if they're facing the Phillies in the division series, they have to win game one. They have yeah. to. Yeah. You're at home. You lose game one. You both lose one of your only starters you got, and you lose home field advantage that you fought so hard to get. So yep. they have to win game one, and they're not going to be facing uh, Wheeler or Nola in game one. So that's crucial. Never been more crucial to win game one than it will be in this series, and really to win games one and two at home before you go to uh, Philly. I, I, well, I mean, I don't know the stats, but I bet if you looked at playoff series, the team that wins game one wins like 75% of the time. Especially a short series. It's short, short series. Yeah. You get, that's it, what it, makes the, the MLB playoffs so tough. It's like you could take – the Braves and the Pirates in a five-game set right now, and there's a chance the, the uh, yeah. bottom one of the bottom teams can beat you in a five-game set. Look what happened with the Braves and Oakland A's. I mean, they went out there, and the A's at the time were on were on pace to lose like 130, 40 games. So, yeah. Not 140, but like they were on pace to lose 120 games, I think, at the time, and they took two out of three from the Braves out in Oakland. It's some things just inexplicable happen in, in baseball. It just yeah. happens. That's why you hope it's not like a three-game series where your talent is going to come to the fore a little more the more games you get. And it's why a seven-game series generally, especially if you've got some pitching, 
Yeah. The best team has a better chance to win because of all that depth you have and all that. So, and the but, wild card game had to go because of one game series is just ridiculous in baseball. I yeah, mean, you get a bad start. A guy gives up a three run homer in the first inning. It's like, okay, we on. played 162 <laughs> games. Now we're yeah. cooked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was Freed, dumb. Freed had a bad first inning. We're going home. And it, and even though they had to make it where the three game series is all in one place, that's fine. It's just such a yeah. better format than one game. Such a yeah. better format. And they really didn't have to stretch things out more than like another game anyway. Just start sooner. They start today, you know? Yep. Uh, and very little very little time off for the wildcard teams if they go three games before they have to jump right back into a division series. So, I don't know. There's ways of looking at it. Is the low better? Is the time off? But I think, that the, I think being able to rest your starters or not having to use your key starters, especially in a year where everybody starting rotation, every, nobody, nobody is three deep right now with healthy starters pitching at their best. Nobody. No. No, so, it's not the game anymore. Yeah. Um, we got a question, says, uh, Philip Starn says, will they bring some of their minor leaguers to fill in the inter-squad game rosters? Yes. They're bringing, uh, these are full roster, full teams, so they have to. They're bringing everybody that's at the Gwinnett site, that's like taxi squad guys. They're bringing all them over for these three days. Guys that, because uh, they keep a lot of guys healthy and active or out going during the postseason so they can, you know, have an injury, boom, they bring a guy from Gwinnett. So the, all those guys will be in, in Atlanta for these three days. And as Snit said, all but like one or maybe two of them were with the team in spring training. So they're real familiar with them and all that too. So, and those guys are going to be uh, not wild by this or anything like that. Uh, so I wonder be what both- their situation is like for compensation for that. You know, are they putting them up or giving them meal money or, or uh, what it putting is? Putting them up at the Omni, I would think, which is a really nice hotel right next door to it. Yeah. So that's yeah. what they did when they came for a Fan Fest thing in January. They put everybody up at the Omni. Uh, what about discussing the expected opponent's strengths and weaknesses? Well, we have been, but they're, uh, it's really hard to cover two teams. When you, yeah. I think they'll face the Phillies. But that's not a given. I mean, Phillies, we've seen them. If you if you follow the Braves, you know the team's strength and weakness because they played both of those teams 13 times. Uh, yeah. The Marlins got a lot better at the trade deadline. Their lineup is pretty solid. They're, they're a young, up-and-coming team that's playing at their best. Um, they got some really good pitchers, young pitchers, even though Alcantara you thought would be the stud, and he hasn't had much of a season this year. And it's been the other guys. You know, they traded Lopez, but they got – Araz and Araz has been outstanding. You know, it was threatening yeah. 400 for a while, uh, still hit 360 or something like that. He's been a key in their lineup, but they've got some power too. He doesn't have power. They've got some other guys that have power and they added big bat with Jake Berger. Um, Marlins are tough. The Phillies, the Phillies and Braves, it seems like every time they play, it's a close game. I know it's not, but it seems like it. They're just two teams that are so evenly matched up and they're playing out the best in each other, so familiar with each other. The home field for both of those teams is going to be huge because they're going to pack yeah. the house. The Marlins, I don't know if they're going to pack the place, but it's loud as hell in that place when the dome's closed. And they won't they have get finally, a game, will they? Uh, I'm talking about for the uh, division series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they okay. advance. If they advance. If they advance, right. those people down there have waited so long that they oh, actually yeah. drew in that last week. I mean, they actually were drawing yeah. people. Uh, they finally got something to be excited about again, this team. Uh, there's no doubt that place is going to be loud, man. I know it has. They're been a lot a like Seattle, where if they can just sneak in, people will jump in. They'll they'll show up. Yeah, 
Yeah, they'll be there, and that dome will be closed because of the rain. Blah blah blah. They'll, I'm sure they'll try to keep it closed, and uh, and uh, it'll be loud as a result. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's a cliche to, to, to say that uh, it's not so much the opponent's strengths as the Braves playing against themselves, but the Braves really are. Because if the Braves play well and they just have a healthy Max Free, and his finger holds up, Strider does his thing that he does eight out of ten starts, um, then really they, they should win this thing because their lineup is that good. And their lineup, everybody's healthy. We all, we all said all along they only couldn't afford to lose – like Acuna, obviously, or even like an Olsen. But they haven't lost any of those guys. Knock on wood for them. Um, All those guys are going into the postseason healthy. And that's huge. That lineup is so much deeper than other lineups. It's historically good. I mean, they hit 307 home runs to tie the major league record, and they did it in not a juiced ball season. Yeah, they would have hit you 400 know, this year with the Juice Bowl. They did it home and road. They slugged 501, which is absurd. It's absurd. Their worst hitters are like Rosario, who could be one of the middle of the order guys for some teams, you know? I was thinking about that the other day. Like, Ozzy could be in a full – Ozzy gets overlooked. I know. But Ozzy's numbers, 35 oh, yeah. homers, whatever he hit. Believe me, I didn't, look at, a, I didn't overlook him when I had my MVP ballot yesterday. I don't right. know how many other people – won't, but I didn't overlook him. Yeah. I mean, their first five hitters could all be four hole hitters for a lot of teams in baseball. I'm careful not to be a homer or anything when I'm voting on those. I don't want to have it perceived as a homer on those, but I couldn't. Right. I'm looking at it going, they've got legitimately four guys who could be on the top 10 on the MVP ballot. Legitimately. Yeah, Especially if you're just, not putting starting pitchers on there, which I generally don't do. Unless no. this is just an overwhelming starter, like a Scherzer, one of those years, and this year there really wasn't. You could argue that Wheeler belonged on there because the innings and the ERA, or even Webb with the uh, Giants because he pitched like 212 innings. But other than that, I mean, this isn't a year like a Pedro Martinez pitching, you know, just incredible, or a Scherzer where your 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 whole bullpen takes the day off and that get the day that guy pitches. Yeah. You know? You got to be healthy to Grom for a full season to even yeah. get into the conversation. But I still don't think of, I mean, you have the Cy Young. I don't think of somebody exactly. that's got their feet up. You got your feet up four days out of five. Yeah. It's a really hard I mean, argument to make. You're throwing sunflower seeds around the dugout. It's hard to call somebody an MVP that's not out there for nine innings. And by the same token, even, even, uh, uh Ozuna, if Ozuna played just an average defensive position or even slightly yeah. below average with his numbers, 
he's an MVP. He's he's not a to, candidate to win MVP, but he's top ten candidate for sure. But yeah. I have a real problem putting a DH on there unless it, again his numbers are just so overwhelming compared to like the position David Ortiz, guys. yeah, and, and clutch, exactly. yeah. Unless his numbers are overwhelming because the position guys are going out there. That's half the game, man. I mean, yeah, they're out there. He's he's playing half the game. He's not. He's not playing every inning. So, yeah. Anyway, there's pe- different people look at it different ways, but that's just the way I look at it. But Ozuna's numbers, though, man, said, I mean, if he plays a de- 40 and 100? decent. 100? <laughs> with a good, with a good, decent average in OBP, too. 40 and 100. I oh, mean, man. He had a hell that's, of a year. That's your, that's your dream season as a cleanup hitter. I couldn't believe it. I posted this yesterday. When you look at the final OPS, people are going to look back on this season with the Braves and go, holy shit, you talk about deep lineups. There's deep lineups and there's this. When you've got, and I I posted these yesterday, Ozuna moved up so much that he ends up sixth in the NL and OPS at 9.04 ahead of Bryce Harper and Cody Bellinger. Yeah. And Corbin Carroll. And Luis Saraz and Austin Riley. He finished ahead of all those guys. So you had Acuna and Matt Olson finished 1-2 in the league in OPS. 1,012 for Acuna. Olson second, 993. Both of them ahead of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. So Betts is MVP. You, don't tell me he's MVP over Acuna. Come on. And War ended up being one of them. Acuna ended up being ahead of him in War. The war yeah. is, is different so much. That's why war to me is a great stat. But when the two wars can't even agree, there's, it's yeah. not a perfect stat. So, no. Betts is third, Freeman's fourth. Soto, Juan Soto also had a surprising season for me. I had no idea that his numbers had gotten that good, but he they really hot. were. If yeah. he was anything defensively, I'd have put him up higher on my MVP ballot, but he's really not very good defensively still. Um, Ozuna right behind Soto. Ozuna is sixth at 904. Then you got Harper and Bellinger, Corbin Carroll, who I had on my ballot too. Luis Araz is 10th. Austin Riley is 11th at 862. So you've got, it's absurd. You've got three of the top six OPSs are Braves in the NL in a 15 team league, four of the top 11. And then you've got Ozzy Albies at fifth. At 849 with 33 homers and 109 RBIs. Fifth OPS on the team and 11th or 13th in the league. Five of the top 13 OPSs from one team. You got 400 RBI guys and Austin Riley finished at 97. Yeah. And all of those guys are, what, 33 or more home run? Yeah. Yeah, Ozzy's the least with uh, 33. 33. Most teams are happy to have their best hitter get 100 RBIs. That's a good year. Yes. Or 30 home Ribbies. runs. 30, home, 30 runs. homers. You had three guys hit thirty over 35 homers and 100 RBIs. I mean, four. This, four guys. This, four guys. It's not, it's not real. Acuna, Olsen, Ozuna, and Riley. All 35 or more yeah. homers. Over 35 homers and over 100 or more RBIs. Yeah. It's that's not half real. your lineup. It's not yeah. realistic. That's not something you could ever aspire to as a, as a GM or whoever's building a team. You can't even dream of building a lineup like that. So to go into postseason and still have still be a little bit worried about getting past the first round tells you how bad the pitching problems have gotten. I mean, when yeah. they're healthy, the pitching is fine. The pitching is damn good when healthy. Yep. But it's like, man, how many things can you have go wrong at one time? 
you know, and it's a little nagging stuff too. Yeah, I mean, if you could just slot Charlie right now into number three and you knew Max's blister is going to be fine, we don't have anything to talk about. And even if Charlie was healthy for the first round, you wouldn't be so much worried about Max's blister as you are. Right, right. You know, if you knew you had Charlie. But you don't have Charlie for the first round. So, yeah. you know, and you and you might need Max for two starts in the first round. That's also why I'd, str- I'd start Strider in game one. Here's Maybe my you thinking. can avoid, yeah. Maybe you can avoid Freed having to start twice and gets that more rest. Gets a lot yeah. more rest. I, I really think that blister has a lot better chance of being maintained and kept down if he doesn't have to start another re- a game on regular rest. You start Strider in game one, if you can close the thing out in four games, like the Phillies did to the Braves last year, then you go into, in, into the NLCS with Freed in game one, uh, with with Charlie ready for game two, with Strider for game three, and you're like, we're looking good now. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, I, I'm, I've been curious this whole time if uh, – if if the blister can get to a point where Max is like, I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this, but I can take the ball, you know, where where it's like this is eventually going to turn into a problem, but right. that they've been resting him and trying to avoid that position where it gets that bad. But I think that if you were in an elimination game and his blister's bothering him, it's like he's. T- I think he can take the ball and keep going. We'll worry yeah. about tomorrow later. Right. I mean, it, it's blister's going to crop up and eventually it's going to burst. But most of the time, it's not going to be bloody. It's going to be a blister. It can be worse if it gets deeper than that. Yep. But yeah, he could pitch through getting pretty bad. It's just, well, he wouldn't be ready again on regular rest. But he might be ready again at the back end of the rotation for the next one. But yeah, I think he would keep going probably. Um, Finrod Felagund. If that's your real name, that's a damn good name, man. Says, I appreciate what Elder did for the Braves in the first half, stepping up big when the rotation was hit with injuries, but he has a six ERA since the break, and I just don't know if he can get it done. I'm going to be honest, man. I don't either. I don't either. When he pitches well, when he keeps the ball down in the zone, the guy is really good because he gets in trouble and he gets a double play grounder. I mean, he wasn't doing it with smoke and mirrors in the first half. No. But I think he really tired down the stretch. He got up to 180 innings or so, which is a lot more than he ever pitched. And I just think he he got what well, he was worn out, and we were seeing it with the mislocation. Can he get that back with some rest before he pitches again in postseason? I don't know. Maybe Eric, do you think he can? Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible. It's always the balance for me. It, I, I was more in that mentor category where I didn't want any time off because I was better the more I pitched. But I was a, a relief pitcher, first starter, or really anybody that's been thrown for this long. When you get like two weeks off and pick up a ball. That two weeks, it can feel like day one of spring training. You know, I mean, it's just it's just a matter of maintaining that sharpness. But as far as recovery and everything goes, you get to a point in the season where there's nothing you can do. You know, you can do your hyperbaric chamber and get your 10 hours of sleep and drink your cherry juice. Whatever crap they're telling you makes you recover. But nothing substitutes for actual rest. Yeah. And it's the same thing of them telling him you're going to have this extra time. The ability to just go play father-son catch out there for three or four days and really not stress your arm, it's crazy how much your arm can bounce back. So I think they were smart to do this and give him some extra rest and and see if he can kind of get that life back in his fastball. But it's just a matter of will he come back sharp? Dude says uh, uh, Dave Uncaged says, y'all are already discounting the Marlins. No, we're not. We just we – nope. just blatantly we said, said we're not yeah. discounting the Marlins, so you're wrong. 
We just said they can beat the Phillies. The Marlins are playing yeah. really well. So I don't know what the hell you're listening to, but we didn't say that. Um, well, I, I think that it, I'd be more worried if they were going to Miami. But I think it's it's going to be tough to go win that series of Philly. Yeah. It's crazy because the Marlins are getting – they're playing good baseball in that they're getting the most out of their – they're not – they're not uh, – they're not playing below their level. They're playing maximizing their talent, which mm-hmm. you haven't seen in the past. And I think that is a credit to Skip Schumacher. He's a managerial manager of the year candidate, if not the front runner. And Kim Ng has done a great job as GM down there. So much better job than the previous regimes did with, you know, the man, if you look at the managers, if you look at Don Mattingly, that time that was, uh, that was a wise move. They had to turn the page because he just wasn't getting it out of those guys anymore to, I don't know what was missing, but it just was done. And Skip Schumacher, man, that guy's done a hell of a job. He impresses me every time I see an interview with him. Kim Angie, hardly ever see interviews with her, and I like a GM that does that. It's like Alex. Yeah. You know, sure, when people keep calling him, they'll do the interview, but they're not going out of their way to be seen at all. He, it, Alex is never even down in the dugout, or on, you know, where cameras would get yeah. him and all that. He just doesn't, he doesn't thrive on that. And Kim Angie is all business to me. She's done a really good job. Um, yeah. They got a good coaching staff down there, the Marlins do. And the reason I say that, they're playing a, not above their heads, but they're getting the most out of their talent. They're 19th in the league in OPS in the, in the for the season and for the post-All-Star break. 19th yeah. in the league, or in the majors, I'm saying. 19th. Just ahead of the Pirates and behind the Mets. 7-14 OPS. Braves, 8-63. <laughs> uh, pitching wise, ERA, the Marlins are for the year. They finished, I want to say middle of the pack. Let's say 422, 16th in the majors. Post All Star break, their pitching stepped it up a little bit, I think. Let me go down. No, not a lot. Let me see. 17th in the majors, 4.44. Ahead of uh, the Rangers and behind the Astros, two teams that slug like crazy. Uh, yeah. The Guardians had, and the Yankees had better ERAs than the uh, Marlins in the second half. The Diamondbacks were right behind them. So they got a good mix of things, and they're and they're really playing good ball. They're not, you know, I mean, they're getting the most out of you. If you look at it, they're below the middle of the pack in, in, in ERA and in OPS. But here they are with a chance to move on. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I just look at any – you look at teams and you look at how they perform versus what their roster looks like on paper. And when a team does what Skip Schumacher's doing, team's doing, it's like this guy deserves some credit for that because I think it all comes down to the vibe in the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, there's teams that – you know, and we've, we've hashed over this enough, but there's, there's places where you feel nervous coming to the park. Manager hands you the ball and you don't want to mess up. And there's places where the manager shows confidence in you and he's got your back and you play free and he has your back the whole time, no matter what happens. And you just like that, that vibe in the clubhouse is so important that that's what I always look at. And there's organizations that put teams on paper that should win every year. They spend money, they do all these things and they still suck. It's like, there's something going on with the vibe there. Why are these guys not getting the most out of themselves? So vice versa, whenever a team overperforms, you got to give credit to the vibe they have in that clubhouse. 
there were several times during the year where we we, we figured the Marlins were going to fold, right? Because yeah. they have in the past where they've had spurts where they look really good, and then inevitably the lack of depth or you know the realization that hey, we're not we don't have the studs other teams have it sets in and they fold. But they every time they had a step back, they again. They, yeah. reasserted themselves. And that was the difference this year in the Marlins. Here's a here's an indication to me of how good a job Shoemaker's done. If you call up the Marlins and you're looking for the OPS, it brings up the qualifiers, right? They have to have a minimum number of plate appearances for the year. So if you look at qualifiers, the Marlins only have three guys who even qualify. Yeah. <laughs> Araz, Soler, and De La Cruz. That's it. The rest of their guys had fewer plate appearances than it takes to qualify. And that's piecing it together around injuries and guys that you added at the end. And, I mean, that's that's doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then you go in to look at uh, all players, and it brings up their OPS leaders. you got a Ross who hits a, t- a 354 average, but only 469 slug, and he's got 10 home runs. Two of those came in one game against the Braves, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Berger, in 53 games with the Marlins, Hit 303 with an 860 OPS and uh, nine homers, 28 ribbies in 53 games for them. And he really turned it up at the end, too. Solaire played 137 games, had 36 bombs, man. 853 OPS. That dude slugged 512. Uh, Josh Bell, another good addition for them. Another, yeah. I, I didn't mention him. He had 11 home runs in 53 games for the, for the Marlins. 26 RBIs. Uh, 480 slug and 818 OPS. So those two guys were really crucial for them. 53 games apiece. They don't do it without yeah. them. Jazz yeah. Chisholm had a little, little bit of a rebound year for him, coming off injuries. He at times looks has looked very good. I mean, he's dangerous. When that guy's hitting, he's as dangerous as anybody. So but he's up there to do damage. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Birdie that wasn't the same guy this year, but he's still a you know dangerous guy. Chisholm had 19 homers and 22 stolen bases, by the way, in 97 games. So that was a 30-30 guy over a full season, well over 30-30. Yeah, yeah, they got a nice lineup. Um, You look at pitching, the Marlins pitching, you're talking about – I don't know why we're spending as much time on the Marlins as we are, but, hey, somebody asked. So (laughs) Um, the Marlins pitching, again, you thought it was going to be Alcantara, who was like almost – or might have been unanimous Cy Young last year. This year it's been uh let's see, we're gonna go in. They've got Jesus Lazardo, ten and nine with a three point six three in thirty-two games. He gave him 178 innings. Sandy Alcantara wasn't the same guy, seven to twelve, four point one four, but he did pitch 184. I'll give him credit for that. The guy pitched a shutout, one he had one shutout, and he pitched 184 innings. So and these days, that's like 225 back in the day. I mean, that's a lot yeah. these days. And again, there's all, those are the only two qualified starters they had. So then you got to go look at the other guys that they had that stepped forward. Yuri Perez, been really good. 315 ERA and 19. He's healthy, right? Yeah, Yuri Perez has pitched well. He pitched really well down the stretch. Um, I don't see him on their roster. What, did something happen to Yuri Perez? Did he get hurt? I, I, I can't I'm, remember if they shut him down or something happened with him. I'm, I should have known that. Um, let's see, Alcantara, Edward Cabrera. Uh, they got a nice bullpen too, man. Yeah, that that lefty, yeah. Tanner Scott's pretty. He's pretty yeah. filthy. Yeah, very nice bullpen. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, on the other side, I'm looking at the other side of the bracket. Let's do, let's do it. Let's do some predictions real quick. Let's go All Rangers, right. Rangers and Rays. I'm going to go because the the, the, Ra- the, yeah, the Rangers pitching is just falling. Their bullpen is so bad. Bochi's bullpen was a bullpen guy with the Giants. He was already made his bones as a great bullpen yep. uh, manipulator. Even Bochi hasn't been able to get anything out of this bullpen because it's just been terrible. Terrible. Bochi always had that lefty too. He always yeah. had one lefty that he could pitch in ninety games and get you out of those huge jams. And then they make a trade. You know, Degrom gets hurt early. They make a trade. Scherzer gets hurt. They, they uh, the the Rangers do not have the pitching to hang with the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I don't think there's any way they can hit. Man, the Rangers can hit yeah, with anybody. They can hit, yep. but. They can't and and the Rays have had injuries themselves, man. A lot of them, but I still don't think there's any way that they uh, they beat the Rays. Um, Corey Seager, outside MVP candidate. If the Ray, if the if the Rangers had a healthy Scherzer and Degrom, fuck. Oh I mean, well, yeah, they might be favored <laughs> to win the World Series. Well, they're not know? playing in the wild card round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jays Twins. The Twins have that ridiculous losing streak going in the postseason. 18 yeah. straight postseason games. That is insane. And if that if you don't think that plays in their heads, uh, I know these are totally different casts than most. I mean, there's only a few guys that were even part of that, like Correa. But, good Lord, they have to look at that and go, well, what's wrong with us in the postseason? But this, this is a team. The Jays are a flawed team themselves. The Twins have got a chance against them, but I don't think it's a good chance. Uh, I think the lot that the the I think the Jays have really underperformed this year. Uh, Vlad has not been the the guy he should have been. They were supposed to be the World Series contenders this year, but I still like them in this series against the Twins. Yeah, yeah, I got Jays too. Uh, strong pitching team. If their hitting was what was what was supposed to be, I mean Gossman and Jose Barrios. That's yeah. a, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a combo. That's good. Gossman yeah. is yeah. Um, what do we got? Marlins and Phillies. Yeah, I, we talked a lot about the Marlins, but bottom line, at Philly, I don't think that the uh, Marlins have much of a chance of beating them at their not two out of three games. No, I Phillies. mean, if it was in if it was in Miami or split, it, Miami's a tough place to play. I don't know if Miami's a tough place to play, though, when they actually have a crowd. You know, I think a big part of Miami being tough is that atmosphere is so weird. Um, But in Philly, I just think they have – Philly has so many guys that love that big moment with the crowd. Yeah, and that crowd was insane in the postseason last year, and it's going to be like that this year. All these guys went through the postseason last year. They know exactly what it takes. Harper is a big moments guy. Uh, Reese Hoskins took BP and ran the bases today. Did he? If they get him back, I don't. Th- I mm-hmm. didn't. I don't read. I don't think he's. L- I don't think he's a chance for this series. But man, look out! If they get him back for the LCS, I mean, remember what Schwarber did with the Cubs that year when he came back and played in the postseason. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, I like the Phillies in this round. Uh, Schumacher, I like for manager of the year. And people say, what about Snit? Snit's done a hell of a job, a hell of a job. But you know how that goes. It's hard to give it to the team that's supposed to be good. Nobody thought the Braves were going to be this good. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> I mean, uh, I tell you what, Sites should win hitting coach of the year if there was such a award. There's no doubt Sites, about that. Sites should have about a 12-year deal locked up he right should. now. <laughs> but it's hard to say that Snit deserves it more than Schumacher. I mean, with what Schumacher's done it with and the payroll and the injuries and all that. So, But I would I mean, definitely to, have to be Snit. this team, though? I'd have Snit second with what he's done yeah. with this team. And you overcome the loss of Freed and Kyle Wright for over two-thirds of the season? Two guys. Two horses. They made five starts before they were lost for three and, in Wright's case, four and a half months. Yeah. I, th- I think it's more than anything, it's just hard to give a manager credit when your lineup scores 25 runs a game. Like, that that's where <laughs> exactly. I think people have a hard time. It's like, yeah, the, you don't understand the, the, the atmosphere he's creating. You know, yeah, and I, it's, I say this all the time, day. too. Every and that's single everything. Day. If if you have if, a manager of the decade, Snit wins it hands down. Hands yeah. down. The job he's done to create atmosphere in this team and the chemistry and the way guys want to play for him, hands down, manager of the year, manager of the decade. Yeah. Don't even argue with me, Dodgers. No. Snit, what he's done has been incredible. So And the but you, only time I think you criticize manager moves is now in the postseason. Yeah. Because there's so much going on getting through a regular season. Every move can look bad. In a moment, but there's a lot more to it. Once you get to the postseason, it's pretty cut and dry. Like if if you want to say this was a bad bullpen move, now I think yeah. in the postseason, that's when managers really shine or get exposed is managing the bullpen in the postseason. Uh, Brewers Diamondbacks. I think that changed a little bit with the loss of Woodruff. Woodruff. Yeah, uh, because the Diamondbacks have two really good ones too, and Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly. Now you're down to Burns and Peralta. I still like Burns and Peralta a little bit over Gallon Kelly, but not much. Um, yeah. Diamondbacks are a scary team, man. The way they run, they can – I mean, they they are – Corbin Carroll is an MVP, like middle of the MVP top 10 ballot guy as a rookie. Yeah. He's been tremendous, and they've got some other guys. They are uh, – you know, they're, they're really tough, but – I'm going to have to uh, – I'm going to still have to go with the Brewers. Craig Council, perennial manager of the year candidate, always has his guys playing well in September and in the postseason. Um, I, and this is – and this – they have, those idiots haven't re-signed him to a long-term deal, and this might be the <laughs> – I believe it or not, he might be walking after this year, which it seems crazy to me. He should be there forever. But um, I like the Brewers in this first round of the D-backs, but I don't like them as much as I did before, and it would not surprise me if the if the D-backs did it, uh, if they advanced. Right. But I'm still taking the Brewers by a hair. I'm going Brewers just because they've been here before and they're at home. Yeah. You know, if, if it's even, if it looks pretty even on paper, the team that's been here before and the team that's playing at home, yeah. those are two pretty big advantages. Yeah. <sighs> Woodruff, that the Woodruff thing hurts, no doubt, but I still like them. Um, World Series, man, it's tough to call make a calls on the uh, on the uh, division series because you're just assuming you, know, you, you who the opponents are going to be. I like the Dodgers and the Braves to advance regardless of who they play, 
but yeah. not nearly as much as it might look like on paper because those teams have the best four. You could argue that they have between them five of the that, – that, that if you put like Austin Riley up there, which you could, they arguably have the five best players in the league. I mean, they <laughs> definitely have the four best, you know. Yeah. Those two teams are the, you build the lineup around those two, and they're all those two guys on each of those teams, and they're big moments guys. I mean, Matt Olson, I know he's I know he is chomping at the bit to be on the big stage. He hasn't had the opportunity that some there's all three of those other guys have had, and I know yeah. Acuna's chomping to get back. Remember what Acuna did in the Dodgers series when they got their asses kicked that time? He hit that grand slam. I, this is a guy that I have no doubt he's going to step up. There is no chance this guy wilts under the pressure of the big stage. None. He's not human, man, when it no. comes to that stuff. He's not <laughs> no, human. No, he feeds off it. That, that's probably, you know, I mean, credit to the Braves for having such a giant lead and finding a way to make the season exciting and entertaining anyway, because there wasn't a lot of drama, but it was still a really fun season yeah. to watch. All the records they finish. were chasing and the excitement they had every night. You're right. It was I didn't Not, watch a lot of other teams because it was so much fun to watch them. It wasn't even boring until the last series, really, against the Nationals. Those yeah. were some bad games. Yeah. And the games they played at the Marlins after clinching. That's about it. Yeah. Otherwise, the series were all great. And these guys were yeah. pursuing records the whole time. And it's hard to have a boring team when Acuna's leading off. Exactly. And you got a guy mashing 50-plus homers in the middle of the order. There was shit going on all year. Cool stuff. And, and so, how about Snip, uh, by the way, the move he made moving moving uh, Olsen down to in the order after having him hitting second early at, in the year. At two, yeah. And having Harris nope, hit no ninth the most of the year, but at the end of the year realizing, okay, you know, that was cute and we loved it and we like Harris. He hits well down there, but now he's gotten hit in sixth. I like, I like where they are now at the, the lineup. I mean, you can't go wrong with Harris, but I do like the way they're no. doing it right now. Yeah, and so that's the thing I'm most excited probably to watch in the postseason is Acuna. I, I want to see what he does. You know, I mean, just like all season long, I had to turn on the first step out of the game. I had to watch Braves get when he's coming up. I want to see what he did. But to see him in the postseason, knowing he feeds off it and what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. He's he's superhuman, and I think he's going to step up and look out. We could have some great moments. I mean, look at it like the Dodgers series. That was the highest anticipated series of the year out there. What does he do to get what that was the 30, 30 that he got. He did with a grand slam in the first game against when everybody had said bets had moved ahead of him because bets is an unbelievable yeah. August. This was at the very end of August. And what does Acuna do? I'll show you who's the MVP. The first game got hit grand slam. I mean, he wants the spotlight. He does. He wants he it. He thrives on it. it. Yeah. I, I agree with Matthew Bittenham. He said, I think baseball is not the best sport for bye weeks. Rust is a bigger deal in baseball than any other sport. I totally agree. If you look at football, they get like three and four weeks off in college football before the national championship game. One of yeah. the teams sometimes shows some of that rust or they the guys were out drinking and, and eating the whole time. But – I mean, for the most part, the better team usually wins. It doesn't like that by heard of basketball. Guys can get out. I mean, have shoot arounds, go out and play a little bit, and they're back. I mean, they, the bye doesn't hurt you in basketball. Having a, having three or four days off between games in the postseason does not hurt in basketball. Baseball, I, I agree. The hand eye coordination is so essential in baseball that I think, and and relievers, like you said, don't want days off like that. It, it is a bigger factor, I think, in baseball than the other sports. It's a skill sport. I mean, probably the sport you could compare it to the most would be like golf. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it's more, it's more of timing and rhythm and all this. I mean, nobody, no NBA player is going to be like, fuck, I forgot how to jump. Yeah. If you got a 40 inch vert, you got a 40 inch vert. I could imagine with their, with their jump shot and stuff, you could get out of rhythm and kind of lose that, but you still have all these other ways to compete athletically and and contribute. But with baseball, it's, it's almost like 95% of what you can contribute in baseball is skill-based. It's not like your athleticism doesn't go away with time off. You feel better but you lose your rhythm and especially pitchers, you know, relief pitchers, especially it's almost a bad thing to feel good. You pitch better when you're a little tired and, and yeah. your arm's not too quick. On the other side of the bracket, I think it's a lot easier to pick, even though the Dodgers and the Braves were arguably the best teams in baseball this year. Yeah. I still think because the starting pitching problems and all that, that they're a lot, little less overwhelming favorites than they would have been. The other side of the bracket, I think the Astros and the Orioles to me, are yeah. overwhelming. I would be pretty shocked if neither of those teams, uh, if both of those teams did not advance. I like the Astros against the Jays. Twins winner, hands down. Astros have been there so many times. Dusty's a great manager. They got a great lineup. Their pitching isn't quite what it was, but I still like them. They're big, they're, they're, they haven't hit quite the way they should, but they've yeah. got so many guys that have been there. And if the Blue Jays can get past that first round. I just don't think the Jays can hang with the Astros. And I think the Orioles are, to me, this is their time, the Orioles. Yeah. And the either the Rangers and the and the Rays are too flawed, I think, to get past the Orioles right now. Orioles will have home field advantage. Place is going to be lit because they've waited so long. Baltimore's a good baseball town, but they've been dormant for so long that I think they got a really good chance and I think that I think the Orioles have a good chance to beat the Astros. I know the Astros are going to have the favorite uh, as far as experience and all that. Got a great manager. I, I like uh, I like the Orioles. I like the Orioles getting past the Astros and facing the Braves in the World Series. What do you think? Yep. It, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard for me to ever. It just feels like the Astros find a way every single year, you know. But I think that the Orioles do have that magic vibe to them. Yeah, you know, it, 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 they're riding momentum. They're having fun. They're getting fans. Um, they're young. You know, it's like yeah. it's a fun team. They're and for they me. They're the one team I could see getting past Astros. And they don't ride one guy either on either no. side, pitching or offense. They got a ba- they got a lot of guys that contribute. They got a great catcher. Um, they got they, Tampa they got won ninety nine games too. Huh? Tampa finds a way. Tampa finds a way too. Oh, they do. They do. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick, a, pick against the Astros, though. But I, I just think yeah. it just feels like the Orioles, to me, have a, have a real good shot. And um, and I think the uh, I see the Orioles playing the Braves in the, in the World Series. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound like a homer or whatever. And, and like I've said, as, as great as this Braves lineup is, I mean, it's historically great. If, if the Braves have a healthy Charlie and a healthy Freed, when the World Series begins, I'm taking the Braves, and because yeah. I, I, and I don't even think it'll go seven games if they have those guys healthy. If they not, they can. If they're not, and if Charlie has problems coming back, I, he should that finger type issue he's got. I would think he's going to be okay. Uh, he's got a lot of rest, but he problem is he and Freed are going to have pitched so little. I mean, Charlie's going to have like three and a half weeks where he's pitched like one inning. When he comes yeah. back, that's it. You like his experience in the big stage because he's done. He's been such a great postseason pitcher, and I think these sim games will help. These 
or these actual games, inter-squad games, will help uh, Max. But Charlie's not going to pitch in them, as far as I know. Um, he's going to have to pitch in sim games during the, you know, before or during the uh, division series. Division series, yeah. That's my only real concern about the Braves is this Freed and Charlie. If they're healthy, yeah. if they're ready to go in the world, you know, LCS, I like the Braves going all the way. And if they're healthy in the World Series, I like the Braves winning the whole thing in six games. But that's the caveat. That's the only caveat I have. Yeah, the bullpen, too, was a little shaky. Yes, it um, was. You can ride the shit out of Minter, though. Then that's what my plan would be, is Minter's going one and two-thirds a lot with off days. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely tough to – it's it's crazy that you can have a team that was this good yeah. the whole year and still yeah. have your doubts. But that's yeah. that's just what the MLB postseason is. Anything yeah. can happen. Look, look look at some of these Dodgers teams in recent years. Yeah, that won more games than 104. You know, and and didn't even make it to the World Series. Right. Or got look the at, World Series and lost. Going way back, look at Seattle that year. They won like what 116 or something and got swept in the ALCS yeah. by the Yankees. Yeah, Things so happen. Honor, one player beat them. Yeah. Things happen, man, in the postseason. Weird things happen. But I do like this Braves team. I like this Braves team going into the postseason more than I did in 21 when they were on that incredible roll. It started really late. Uh, but you still wondered, you know, that year. I like this Braves team more than that. But I also yeah. have, you know, there's obviously I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be Pollyanna and act like Freed and, and Charlie's not a concern. And the bullpen is is a concern. Which is if the bullpen was going like it was for like two months there in the, in the second half, I'd be like, oh, they're locked down. But it was it's not. I mean, every one of them has been giving up some stuff lately. Hand, Joe Jimenez. Yeah. I'd, I'd ride Mentor and Pierce Johnson hard and hope that Iglesias can be the regular Iglesias. I, I do think I, we have seen Iglesias turn it like that. Yeah. Like Will Smith did in the postseason in 2021. Well, he's crazy because he could just decide to throw 98. Yeah, <laughs> like Glacius is a lot pitches, better but, than Will Smith, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. It's yeah. going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good, good, interesting ride to see how this all plans out. But uh, they played all year to get here, and uh, now they're going to wait till Saturday and, and get it going. So we'll do another one of these maybe uh, maybe before it starts. If not, then right after it starts. All right, everybody, yeah, enjoy so the ride. Four wild card games today. This is what counts, man. This is when it gets fun. Packed houses. Advanced. I've been really looking forward to this. You know, the last like probably the last week since the Braves game stopped mattering to watch some baseball games that matter. And the wild card series are great because the urgency. Mm-hmm. More so Especially than Especially when you're not in them. <laughs> yeah. The urgency is like, man, you can't get behind at game one in a wild card series, especially if you're you know playing on the road. Yeah, you gotta win if you're at, all three games are on the road. You've got to win game one if you if you hope to stretch this thing and win it. Yep. Yeah, all I'm right. looking forward to it. All right, everybody, thanks. Everybody. We, we appreciate the uh, input and all that. And uh, 755 is real, and we are out. Mm-hmm.